0: Good morning! morning. Whether you're joining us online or here in the sanctuary, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. My name is A.J. Juraska, my pronouns are she, they, and I am honored to serve as today's lay leader. We are a spirited and spiritual community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I especially want to welcome you if you are new to the church. Um, If you are on the live stream, we welcome you to say hello in the comments and let us know from where you are joining. If you are here with us in person, please join us for coffee and conversation after the service. We come from a long tradition of seeing the spark of the divine in every person. It is in that tradition that I invite you to greet the holy among us, either in the comments online, or simply by turning to those around you here in the sanctuary to greet the holy among us this morning. Please join me in saying the words for lighting our chalice, which appear in the order of service. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle become our salvation.
1: Good morning. morning. A call to worship was written by the late Reverend Dr. Hope Johnson. We are one, a diverse group of proudly kindred spirits, here not by coincidence, but because we choose to journey together. We're active and proactive. We care deeply. We live our love as best we can. We are one. Working, eating, laughing, playing, singing, storytelling, sharing, and rejoicing. Getting to know each other. Taking risks. Opening up. Questioning, seeking, searching, trying to understand, struggling, making mistakes, paying attention, asking questions, listening, living our answers, learning to love our neighbors, learning to love ourselves, apologizing and forgiving with humility, being forgiven through grace. Creating the beloved community, together, we are one. Let us worship together.
0: One of the things that binds us together as a community is that we share a common purpose. The congregation wrote it together. We put it on the wall of our sanctuary, and we say it together every Sunday so that we may more readily carry it with us throughout Uh, in our hearts throughout the week. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community.
1: Let us unite in a spirit of prayer and meditation as I offer these words. Feel your breath as it flows in and out of your body. Listen to your heartbeat. How is it with your heart? Does your heart feel whole? Or is it broken? Fragile to the touch, brimming with the pain of loss. Has your heart been broken and healed? None of us has an unblemished heart for there is no such perfection. Knowing that true growth comes not without pain, let us give thanks for the broken places in our hearts and in our lives. Let us give thanks for the brokenness that we share. It is only through brokenness that we may truly touch one another. It is only through touching one another that the world may be healed. Feel the love of this community as it surrounds and enfolds, that we may carry the hearts of others, even when our own is too heavy for us to bear. May it be so. With
0: that lovely centering on our hearts, Now is a time when we can light candles for joys, sorrows, hopes, prayers, or whatever you need today. Um, Please join us in lighting candles along either window. Thank you.
1: The reading is one that was written by UUA President Susan Frederick Gray and Reverend Erica A. Hewitt. It's a responsive reading. The congregational response is, no one is outside the circle of love. We know that hurt moves through the world, penetrated by action, inaction, and indifference, Our values call us to live in the reality of the heartbreak of our world, remembering that no one is outside the circle of love. We who are Unitarian Universalists not only affirm the inherent worth and dignity of every person, we also affirm the inherent wholeness of every being despite apparent brokenness. No one is outside the circle of love. We know that things break or break down. Promises, friendship, sobriety, hope, communication. This breaking happens because our human hearts and our very institutions are frail and imperfect. We make mistakes. Life is messy. No one is outside the circle of love. With compassion as our guide, we seek the well-being of all people. We seek to dismantle systems of oppression that undermine our collective humanity. We believe that we're here to guide one another towards love. No one is outside the circle of love. No matter how fractured we are or once were, we can make the whole people of ourselves. We are whole at our core because of the great, unnameable, sometimes inconceivable love in which we live. No one is outside the circle of love. There ends the reading. I return to center a return to love. Love, the very resonance of the word conveys a sense of passion, warmth, and protection. People always smile when the word love is mentioned. It's difficult to give it an exact form, but most of us would agree that love is a powerful emotion. Since time immemorial, love has been the subject of conversations. The poet Alice Walker tells us that love's only concern is that the beating of our hearts should kill no one. Love. Monuments have been built as testaments to the enormity of it, and fortunes have been made and lost because of it. Innumerable songs have been written about it. Some song lyrics extol the virtues of it, claiming that it makes the world go round, while others tell us that what the world needs is more love, and we should put a little more of it into our hearts. We divide and classify love, and we discriminate between spiritual and physical love, People continue to explain how they fell in it, but in essence, we remain confused by it. However, love is the structure of all major religions, and compassion is its companion. In the Buddhist tradition, there is the focus of the deepening of awareness to discover the feelings of compassion. The Bhagavad Gita speaks of bhakti or non-egoistic devotion. And from the Christian perspective, the usage of the word love speaks of agape love, which, when generally expanded upon, denotes the same brotherly and sisterly love as in all other religious traditions. It's the expression of love for a spouse or children and the love for the all-pervading mystery that some call God. Both Judaic and Christian traditions tell us that humans are made in the image of God. And if that is so, it is the capacity of love intentionally that makes humans God-like. The center of our being is towards the propensity to love because it is the natural alignment within the universal flow. Love and fear are the only real emotions that correspond with two metaphysical of expansion and contraction, like breathing in and breathing out. In fear we withdraw and contract, causing separation. But in love, we reach out, expanding to interrelate. We cannot operate in both love and fear at the same time. Fear pulls us out of the natural flow away from our center, Often there is no rational explanation for being drawn or linked to another. But we open ourselves to the intuitive feeling that allows us to meet each other heart to heart. With a common desire bringing us together as companions on life's path. In The Awakened Heart, author Gerald May writes that, while no one really knows what the holy is, people from all faith traditions acknowledge the same experience of feeling an energy that he refers to as rays, which torch our hearts and light up our lives. Ralph Waldo Emerson tells us that the whole human family is bathed, in this element which he calls a fine ether. This energy is an integral part of everyone. It allows us to build relationships with each other and the holy. It is through these relationships that we learn and grow our souls. And while we may struggle with understanding the mystical in the energy that underscores all of life, it is through this that friendships, marriages, and families develop. Essayist Michael Ignative asserts that our relationships provide us with opportunities to practice gratitude, hospitality, and questioning, as well as the possibility of drawing out anger, envy, hatred, and pain. We're endowed with an, a boundless capacity to love, but when we are filled with emotions like fear and anger, we shield love's pulsating rays. Now, it's not to suggest that we shouldn't allow ourselves to feel these emotions, because in order to feel more love, we must uncover our pain, allowing ourselves to heal. In the wisdom of love, Jacob Needleman tells tells us that when we remain in love, we touch moments of pure presence. I call that presence a return to center because the spark of divinity that connects us to our highest consciousness resides within our core, our center. Needleman also informs that through drawing us towards the source of the universe itself, this energy draws all conscious beings towards each other. And each time we return to our center, we reconnect to the source. As Unitarian Universalists, we have diverse dialects of spirit, but we are called in a common bond to one set of principles, with our seventh principle affirming the interconnectedness to all of life, thus weaving us into relationship with one another despite our differences. Now, while mystery may be at the heart of our relationships, it is through these essential bonds that our deepest values are expressed. This flow of energy surges through as pride and the accomplishments of friends and family members, or the overflow of emotions while listening to a particular strain of music, like Reverend Aaron's song this morning. Some of you may recall this surge of emotion welling up while singing a particular hymn, or while in attendance at a concert. Listening to Jules Massenet's meditation always causes a surge of emotion to well up whenever and wherever I hear it. The same emotional energy erupts as religious impulse, the search for meaning that calls us to care for the environment, and everything natural that manifests as holy in the universe. Where charity and love dwells, there is God. Emerson also affirms this ideology in The Oversoul. When he writes that the highest dwells within us, coming as insight, serenity, and grandeur. And Needleman suggests that ideas, methods, and experiences are intended to bring us a conscious life, along with an understanding heart. Now how and where do we find an understanding heart? I believe that hearts are open and understanding when we remain in a state of gratitude. Gratitude for all of the possibilities that life holds. When my spirit is filled with gratitude, I am moved with a desire to share so that others may begin to feel the same way. In the power of now, Eckhart Tolle informs that love is a state of being laying deep within, not outside of us. Moreover, it cannot leave us and we can never lose it because it's not dependent on some other body or some external form. If we are able to look beyond the veil of form and separation, we will be able to experience the realization of oneness, that life underneath all forms of life. Because, Emerson tells us, the heart knows, we have a bottomless source of love. Just think about the countless number of people in our lives that we love. And there is never a need to discard any one of them when another enters. We may have different ways of expressing and manifesting it, but we were all born with a boundless capacity to love. And there is always a need to the source, returning to our center to draw from it. Gandhi taught that if a single person could achieve the highest kind of love, it would be sufficient to neutralize the hate of millions. Just imagine if what the planetary populace could achieve if we all returned to our center at the same time. We could ignore the admonishment to put a little love in our hearts because it's already there. We only need to return to it. The heart accepts without limitations. It doesn't differentiate, see opposites, or take sides. It is one with all things. If we could cherish that which dwells within, we could manifest world peace. Because, as Emerson informs, the soul of the whole lies within. By drawing from the source, we can reach that highest state of love that Gandhi spoke of. However, we must begin by searching our hearts to find the love within. That will be our salvation. There's an ancient story about an old man who was awakened from a dream of peace. From the moonlight through his window he could see an angel writing in a book of gold. The old man boldly asked the night vision what he was writing in the book. The angel looked up in all sweet accord and replied that he was writing the names of the people who loved the holy. The old man then questioned if his name was being written in the book. And the angel replied, no. No. Well, the man replied, undisturbed by the angel's answer, write my name down as one who loves his fellow man. With that, the angel wrote and vanished. The next night it came again. With a great light and awakening, he showed the old man the names that the holy had blessed. Lo and behold, the old man's name was written among them. Look around you at everyday spiritual practices to what's called the daily bread of our common lives for examples of love. It has been said that there are no great deeds, only small ones done with great love. That means reminding ourselves of the details it takes to care for another through shaping traditions, obligations, and structures within our communities and not just by paying lip service to justice. It means working together to create a better world so that we will all thrive and not merely survive. Returning to our center calls us to be the best of who we are and not a mere fraction of our better selves. And if we Unitarian Universalists truly believe that we are interconnected one to another, then the entire universe is in one global relationship, which gives us the responsibility individually and collectively to return to center and return to love. From my heart to yours, may it be so.
0: Please join me in the words for extinguishing our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again.
1: Remember, when we leave this gathering, but not the web of life that connects us and sustains us, let us remember that that we are interconnected and interdependent on it. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.